you're about to listen to another great show on the Four Eyed Radio Network. To listen to other shows just like this, go to foureyedradio.com. Like our show, Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast. Where we talk everything and anything about Pokemon. Learn something new. Like, did you know that every Pokemon card is misprinted on the back? The ball centerpiece opens on the wrong side. <laughs> what? I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, you can learn stuff like that, which I just learned right now. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Can't hold it back anymore. How did I not see that coming? <laughs> hey, at least I didn't sing it. <laughs> I'm I'm so sad you didn't sing it. <laughs> to listen to the show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we have some word snappers words, two sets of word snappers words actually, that were dropped into our episode 2 weeks ago when we were discussing 2017, the show, uh and those were Katie Rules, submitted by our patron, Katie. <laughs> With two Zs at the end. I oh, yes. I I, uh, I probably didn't emphasize the second Z enough, for which I apologize. Um, <laughs> but uh, Katie now has a character named after them in the 2017 Spider-Man show. So congratulations. Nice. <laughs> That's how I knew I could pull that one off. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, which was a bit more of a challenge... <laughs> Was the gods of Gorgonzola cheese submitted by Lillian Grimes? <laughs> yeah, well, that one was was good. You teed me up for that before, and I missed the tee up. <laughs> but then you came back, cycle, circled back to it, and it all worked out. So. We did it. Then it just became <laughs> it became part of the discussion. You know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was groundwork. Yeah. Now we know that one of the ways that we can defeat a supervillain is. Uh, with like bad smells and bake yeah. sales. <laughs> yeah. Overwhelming scents and aromas. Mm-hmm. Well, we are still talking about the 2017 Spider-Man cartoon. And only for a couple more weeks before we shift into something else. Because we've covered nearly 13, 14 episodes of this show. Depending yeah. on if you count the origin shorts. Uh, and it doesn't feel like we've been talking about it for that long. So I clearly have been enjoying it. It's been flying by. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how it is people listening to it. They might just be like, oh, my God, will they please stop talking about this show? But I, I'm I, I'm digging it. I wish we could do the rest of it. But I'm excited to move on to yeah. other things at the same yeah. time. So. we got to keep things fresh. So yeah. I think yeah. 13 episodes is the perfect, perfect amount. So if you've been watching along with us and want to keep watching along or if you want to catch up, you can do so pretty easily if you have Disney Plus because this entire series is available over there. And today we are talking about the season one, episode 12, 
of this show, Spider-Man, called Spider-Man on Ice. The title of which I was so excited about because I was like, the potential is endless here. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what they're going to do with it, but I can't wait to find out. (laughs) Probably more straightforward than what you wanted it to be. (laughs) Very much so. Very much so. (laughs) Here's the synopsis, which explains exactly that from IMDb. When a low-level villain – oh, ouch, burn. (laughs) Damn. When a low-level villain acquires some impressive freezing technology – it's up to Spider-Man to stop him. Although, as I think about it, the fact that it's qualifying it as low-level villain is actually kind of important to this story. Yeah, 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 yeah. The original air date for this episode was October 14th, 2017. It was written and directed by familiar folks, uh, written by Sterling Gates, who we talked about on our number 82 episode, and directed by Sol Choi, who has directed most episodes of this season so far, uh, (laughs) and we talked about him on our episode 80. Yeah. One character or major character sort of introduced or featured here, and that is Randy Macklin, a.k.a. Blizzard, who, by the way, I was completely unfamiliar with i was like i is this made for this show like i had to look to see if this was actually a spider-man villain and what i found was i guess it's typically an iron man villain oh i was wondering that i knew he existed i never i don't i didn't realize he was a uh he was an iron man villain primarily okay literally sure (laughs) had no idea who blizzard was so oops uh, kind of works, though, for the story. Again, that low-level villain status. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Blizzard is voiced by Trevor Duvall, and Trevor Duvall provides the voice of Rocket Raccoon in the Guardians of Galaxy cartoon that crosses over with this very show, the Ultimate Spider-Man show, and Avengers Assemble. And he also voices Rocket in various Lego properties, video game properties, um, just a lot of Rocket across uh, Marvel properties. He's also the voice of Loki in Marvel Future Avengers. He's Pyro in X-Men Evolution. And he provides various characters across a number of Marvel motion comics. Like, lots of characters across motion comics. (laughs) Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And he's done a bunch of voices for English-language dubs of anime, including Death Note, Inuyasha, Mobile Suit Gundam, a few different Mobile Suit Gundam series, um, Escaflone, and many, many others. And I think he does well as a villain here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you know, as a low level, as a low inconsequential, level worthless, <laughs> useless villain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great job. <laughs> cool. Well, let's just dive into this one then. This episode opens with Spider Man changing back into Peter Parker in an alley, but it's important because he's talking about a current heat wave. Uh, he's very hot and literally wrings sweat out of his suit, which is the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, despite knowing the title of this episode, the moment he said it was a heat wave, I was like, Hydro-Man episode? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that. if, if you didn't listen to our revisited episode with with uh with that episode's writer jim krieg clarified that that episode of spider-man the animated series takes place during a heat wave even though none of the characters really say that or addressed like that in the script it was supposed to be so yeah yeah also in this scene and and i I guess it's this has been happening throughout the entire show but i just sort of like notice it in the scene and then continue to i i think it's really funny that like this peter talks to himself a lot which we're used to peters with interior monologues they always have them all the time. But this one, he, like, audibly talks to himself and yeah. is, like, talking to a cat. And he does it a lot. Like, they always make sure they show his mouth movements, which I just think is kind of extra funny and I think does fit this Peter. It's just very funny to think that, like, all of the 
you know, thought bubbles that you can think of from Spider-Man comics. Like, Peter just says those things out loud in this show mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, well, it, it, it works within the universe, too, because we've even talked about times where it kind of, like, makes people raise their eyebrows at him. Like, yeah. And it's like, like, like the last episode we talked about um, of the show with the werewolves and stuff where Harry was like, why would I know that? Why would you know that? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, so after he talks to the cat about how it's so hot, um, he's on his way to meet Harry at the coffee shop. Uh, on his way there, he bumps into a man who discreetly drops a diamond into his backpack, you which know. is a little suspect, a little weird. Just one of those things. Yeah, just one of those things. You know, maybe he's given. Maybe he just was trying to. Give someone a nice little gift to make their day better. I don't know. Uh, no, we find out pretty quickly. He actually is is running from the cops right now. So he's quickly caught by the pair of police officers who identify him as Randy Macklin, a member of Hammerhead's gang. So him slipping a diamond into Peter's bag, you might be able to make some connections what he was actually doing there. Yeah, yeah. Well, after Peter is thanked by the officers for helping them catch Randy Macklin... Peter continues to the coffee shop where he's grabbed by a mechanical hand. What? (laughs) A mechanical hand that turns out to be attached to Harry Osborne's arm. (laughs) Sure. Right. So Harry explains to Peter that their concept for a cryogenic gauntlet, oh, okay, that's what that is, turned out to be successful, and he demonstrates this cryogenic gauntlet's power by freezing uh, a muffin. And Peter's like, this is great. Our plan to create a way to freeze food without using Freon is a success, which is the wildest fucking thing for them to invent. (laughs) It really is. Just kind of off the cuff, off screen, too. And then testing this cryogenic gauntlet, like, just in a public space, too, just in front of people, like... It's All the right, funniest way to go about this. It really like, is. I guess like it's it's what you might expect from like two teenage boys creating technology. Like I guess yeah. they're not just going to create a better fridge, but like just make a better fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a you don't good... need to make an ice beam glove. <laughs> yeah, why does it have to be in glove form? Why did you make it a gauntlet? Like. <laughs> don't All right. Know. I th- you know though it does like. Because this episode, a big portion of it is Harry yeah. being weird about his his inventions, you know. So, like, I could sort of see that that was just be fully being a Harry thing, just being like, no, it's got to be a glove. And Peter's like, we can just make it a freezer. And he's like, no, you don't understand. It's got to be a glove and we're going to make it a glove. And then having some kind of spin to convince Peter to let it be a gauntlet for some reason. Yeah. I guess uh, the only thing I could think of is just like portability, but still, <laughs> it could just. Why be would a that box. be necessary? Why would you need a <laughs> portable freezer? Like I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I guess <laughs> you know what the, Harry does say. This is kind of getting into the next scene, but like Harry does say that he doesn't have a piece that refracts the beam enough to freeze larger things. So maybe the idea is that if it's not an actual freezer, there's not a limit to the size of the food they can freeze at once. Oh, so like yeah, if I you can't so. fit, like if you can't fit, uh, the first thing that comes to mind, which is a little bit graphic, is like if you can't fit a cow carcass into a freezer. That's a terrible mm-hmm. example because there are literal like rooms for freezing those things, but like something like that. I guess maybe the idea is like this this doesn't limit the size of the food or the quantity of the food that you can freeze, maybe? 
Yeah, I guess I guess so. But like, I think what's weird is that the problem in that case is the storage space, and in this case, yeah, it's you like still yeah, have to store it. You still have to store it because it's just ice and it's gonna melt. So like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is definitely like the second instance of them like creating technology that's obviously going to go wrong and yeah. being like, it's for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, if you say so, and I do, I do like that them testing it out in a public space, like basically bites them in the ass, like pretty yeah. quickly. So yeah, <laughs> definite consequences. <laughs> yeah. At least there's consequences to their weirdness. Yeah. Well, after Harry successfully freezes this muffin. He celebrates the fact that their success will demonstrate the ability of Horizon and Osborne Academy to collaborate instead of compete, which is the sweetest, most Harry Osborne in this show thing ever. I know. Oh. <laughs> he just wants his school and his friend's school to get along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just want to be a new generation of scientists that aren't constantly competing and stealing from each other. Yeah. Like the adults that they watch. <laughs> Yeah, he's seeing all of these adults just, like, just be horrible, passive-aggressive jerks to each other. And it's just like, do we have to be like that? Like, I don't want that Can we be better? (laughs) Yeah. Well, as he's doing this, as he's celebrating this fact, or what he interprets to be the result of this, Peter finds the diamond in his bag. And Harry doesn't react the way that Peter would expect him to, because Peter's like, what is this? How did this get here? And Harry's just like, oh, cool, let me have that. This will (laughs) work. And he pops it into his gauntlet, and he's like, this is going to allow us to freeze bigger things, which is kind of what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, let me try this out on your sandwich, which, rude, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Peter took, like, two bites of that sandwich. And instead of freezing the sandwich, ends up freezing the entire table, uh, which is not, not great. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, just then, Macklin arrives to take back the diamond. Do they explain how he knows to find Peter there? No, but I don't think... Th- they didn't really give us any indication that Peter was far from the coffee shop. Mm. They do sort of just imply that Macklin slipped away from the police. And so I imagine he sort of, like, swung to the alley that was, like, around the way from the coffee shop. Mm. Sure, we'll go with that. That's fine. It doesn't really matter because basically all that matters is that Macklin is there. He knows he gave Peter the diamond and he's going to take it back from him. He just slipped it onto Peter so then the cops wouldn't find it on him. So when Harry obviously objects because he has the diamond right now in the gauntlet, Macklin just takes the gauntlet off of Harry's arm pretty easily. And now he's got the ice gauntlet and he creates an indoor snowstorm to escape. Yeah, he takes to it very quickly. Yeah, for a low level villain. He's not stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they just created a supervillain pretty instantaneously. So Harry and Peter are like, I guess we should find this guy since he has a supervillain with our invention now. But the store owner interrupts them, uh, demanding that they shovel the snow that Macklin created, which was created by Harry and Peter's invention. So yeah. uh, Peter, however, bails because he's going to be spider-man and harry is expecting it almost like oh, don't do one of your disappearing acts and he does anyway and harry's of course not surprised at all and doesn't expect him to come back anytime soon i think this is an interesting moment to have shown because yeah. he very obviously doesn't believe peter when peter says oh i'm just gonna run outside real quick he's like no you're not you're gonna you're gonna disappear and then peter doesn't come up with a different argument and then harry literally watches him run away through yeah. the window yeah And it's such an interesting moment to me because it makes me feel like Harry's going to figure out 
that Peter is Spider-Man more so than Peter's going to reveal that he is Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I don't know. That That's kind of what I'm expecting. I think that would be more dramatic if it happened yeah. that way. Yeah. But it's brewing as more of a as more of a mystery to be solved than it is like a big moment, I feel like. Like I mm-hmm. feel like it's more of a Harry puts the pieces together than like Harry catches Peter. Yeah, and I think it is more interesting when it's sort of uh mixed in with like what's clearly a little bit of like buried resentment uh in mm-hmm. in Peter in uh, in Harry towards Peter rather than just towards Spider-Man too, even if he's still trying to be accepting of Peter's quirks and stuff like that. Obviously he's going to be annoyed in situations like this. And that's, yeah. if it happens enough, it's going to be a thing that just sits for a long time within him. So yeah. makes sense. I'd also like to petition for the store owner to become a more regular character. I think that would be fun. I do appreciate how much like conflict he creates for the characters. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps throwing out these barricades. It's just yeah. like, if y'all are going to do your weird superhero science shit in my, in my restaurant, You're going to deal with the consequences. (laughs) Yeah. So while Peter searches for Macklin, we cut to Hammerhead as he's venting to two of his goons about hiring what he calls regular yahoos after they report that Macklin has been caught by the police. Macklin, though, interrupts their conversation and presents Hammerhead with an ultimatum, basically saying, hey, you were just talking about regular yahoos and how they're cheaper, but they kind of suck. So start paying me like a supervillain because I'm a supervillain now. Or I'll give everyone here and everyone in New York, as he says, a cold, hard wake up call. (laughs) This is where we start to actually understand where the like low level villain thing matters. Because we we know that Macklin is not respected by Hammerhead. Hammerhead calls him by the wrong name multiple times in this scene, doesn't take him seriously, refuses to acknowledge the fact that he uh, has, like, these ice powers, and is basically just like, you're just some regular schmo, who are you, yada, yada, yada. And that gives us sort of the background for Macklin that we don't get <laughs> from him just being like a jewel thief, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that carries throughout the whole episode. It's like a theme with him, and it's also a theme you started to get at a little bit with Harry further into this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The names that Hammerhead calls him aren't even like real names. It's like mackerel and mac and cheese. Like <laughs> It's like intentionally forgetting his name. Yeah, I do think that that carries throughout the episode pretty well. Like, it's all, it's very clear what they're doing with him. I do still, I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently by by the end of the discussion. I do still feel like on the Macklin end, like, it could have been stronger somehow. Like, I think it's clear, but I wonder if it would have been better if maybe we still got a little bit, like, before this. Like, before he steals the gauntlet or something like that. Like, it feels like it's sort of retroactive a little bit. Like, he becomes a supervillain and then he's talking about how he was a regular guy or something like that. But I think they do a good enough job in an episode that has to be kind of tight and get a lot done, making it clear what they're doing. But I don't know. I wanted to like Macklin and his little like arc a little better than I ended up liking it. Like in the end, it's just sort of like, I see what you're doing, but I don't know. I think it was, I think it was probably just a choice and I don't know if it, uh, cause it feels like, um, feels like they probably wanted as much blizzard action as possible and opted to, basically like tell us the background through his like emotions and reactions to things and like through his anger as opposed to like actually showing it to us i still ended up feeling bad for macklin like throughout the episode 
Probably it sounds like maybe more than you did, but um, I wanted to feel worse for him because I think yeah. that there was room for him to be a really sympathetic villain. And I think that like I see what they're doing and I think that it's executed just fine. I just don't I don't know. There was some kind of like an emotional connection that could have been strengthened. And I'm not really exactly sure what would have needed to be done to make that happen other than maybe just a little more time at the beginning of the episode with him or something like that. It's ultimately kind of a minor nitpick because you still get what they're doing with them very clearly. Like, it's not a mystery or anything. But it definitely speaks to the difference between presenting characters that we're familiar with from the general, more recognizable canon versus a character that isn't. You know, like, Macklin probably requires a little bit more work for people even familiar with Spider-Man's rogues galleries because he's not really typically part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know. I don't know. It would be interesting to sort of like look at the way that this show has introduced other villains and try to figure out like as quantitatively as possible what the balance is, because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some villains we were more familiar with that got even like less sort of background or building than Macklin did. But it doesn't feel as egregious because they're so recognizable. I don't think that makes it necessarily... Uh, I don't. I don't know that it makes this better, but I'm just. I just think it's an interesting thing to to think about. That is no. I think that is interesting, and I, I want to pay. Att- yeah, I want to pay attention to that in the future when we get back to this show. Like when more, more, you know, more kind of main canon Spider-Man villains start popping up a little more because I think that is an interesting thought. I think for, for it was interesting for me because this is one of the first times with this show where I was actually kind of envisioning like what the spectacular Spider-Man version of the story would have been. And I think only because spectacular has done a lot of villains with arcs similar to Macklin, where they sort of find a sort of sympathetic twist on them or mm-hmm. maybe see who they were beforehand. Like I don't normally make those two comparisons with this show because these, this show is doing something kind of very different than spectacular was, but this sort of his arc felt really similar to arcs that I feel like we've seen in spectacular Spider-Man. And maybe that's where my sort of disappointment ended up coming from is that I made that connection and then all I could think of was the the way in which Spectacular Spider-Man handles it and this show just doesn't do that because it's not that show. So my expectations, I maybe accidentally shifted my expectations in the wrong way or something. It could be, but it's also an episode where they introduce a villain on the spot. Like there's mm-hmm. literally no seating for yeah. for Randy Macklin. It's true. And, and that's not the case with most of the characters we've gotten even in these first 12 episodes. So, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think they made a choice to, to sort of put the background in an unconventional place. And I think it, it works in the sense that we get it, but it might not have worked in the sense that we feel it as much as we're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, that's but, fair. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll we'll touch upon it more as we get through other points of the episode because they keep they keep revisiting it. It's not like they try to make you get it all at once. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about him in the scene, like, what do you think of his uh, design, where like the gauntlet just like makes his hair color like half and ha- like half white and <laughs> half regular hair color? It's it's whatever. I, yeah. I actually rewound because I was confused. I. I think by the end of the episode, I like it a lot less than I did at this point. Yeah. At this point, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I can't wait to see where this goes. And I guess I guess I've spoiled a little bit that it doesn't really go anywhere satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does because his design does evolve a little tiny, teensy, tiny bit by the end of the episode. But like not enough to feel like it was significant. Like it's really yeah. kind of subtle changes. And it would have been really interesting if he like 
actually significantly was gradually changing over the episode. So then he did become like a ice monster type design by the end of it, you know, to signify what like his his change or something. I don't know. Well, there was a point in this episode and I won't be able to point to where it was now that I've seen the whole episode, unfortunately. But there was a point in this episode, having not looked at what the next episode was, that I was like, I wonder if this is going to end up being a two parter. And and part of why I thought that was because there was that gradual change beginning with this moment where his hair color starts to change. And then then we see little bits of it later on but it didn't feel like it was happening fast enough so i was like i wonder if we're seeing the first half of what's going on and then it's going to pick up in the next episode and we're going to get like a a sort of uncharacteristic direct part two Hmm. uh in the show obviously it does not if you just look at the title of the next episode but yeah but there was a point sort of based on the aesthetics of that transformation that made me that contributed to me thinking that it's not just that i think part of it is just a pacing thing I could see that because the pace of this episode I did notice. I know we're getting we're getting all in the weeds like pretty early into it, but I do think that the uh that the pace of this episode is a little in, is a little bit interesting. It's not like bad or whatever, but there's points where it like feels a lot slower than the show normally is and a lot quieter than it normally is, considering like that there's still a lot of action and stuff going on in a way that I feel like could read as like the way that part ones of two parters are often paced because they have the room to pace to to kind of pace that out a little more slowly. I don't know. We could explore that as we as we talk sure. about it as it goes sure. along. Ultimately, this conversation with Macklin goes kind of exactly where you'd expect it, and then he he freezes everybody. Hammerhead does not agree, obviously, to what Macklin is asking for, and so everybody's frozen. <laughs> Spider Man swings in and he kicks Macklin as he's gloating, which is important to note. And Macklin introduces himself as Blizzard after Spider-Man tries to guess what his name is going to be, which it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, though, because there are so many ice villains across both universes uh-huh. that I was like, is he even going to be able to guess more than two names? Because he's probably going to guess right <laughs> like at some point, you yeah. know? And then the fact that this character ends up being called Blizzard is another reason why I had to look up, is this even a real, like, not real, but like, is this a brand new character or not? Because Blizzard is either a very old character because it's such a simple name or a very new character because it's a simple name. Yeah. (laughs) That was like my thought process when I was like, I need to look this up. (laughs) Do you remember, I don't remember where he came from. Is he a recent character or is he an old character? I don't even know. I don't know. I only got as far as, uh, I don't know if Spider-Man, I think, I think what I saw and I didn't do it. I didn't dig very deep, but I think what I saw was Spider-Man's never actually encountered Blizzard in the comics. Uh, (laughs) it's more of an Iron Man thing, but it didn't, didn't go much further than that so i this could be even a minor villain for iron man i have no idea feel free to let us know neither (laughs) one of us claims to be all that familiar with iron man (laughs) (laughs) oh okay no i'm looking it up i think part of it that's weird is that there's multiple there's been multiple versions of him and there was a version like there was a version of him i think a different named version of him was in the iron man cartoon Mm. um a couple of iron man cartoons and oh and actually that same version of him was in ultimate spot the ultimate spider-man cartoon too i think this one being the um macklin version is what makes him sort of weird oh apparently gotcha. he was also in uh, agents of shield too i didn't watch far ah, enough in, to, okay. in to see that so like blizzard isn't like a nobody but maybe like the macklin version of blizzard probably it maybe is <laughs> yeah no i have i have no idea i mean it, i i was open to him being a huge deal and i like i just genuinely had no clue uh, yeah i just uh once i learned that he wasn't like 
typically a Spider-Man guy. I was like, okay, that answers my question. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay. I don't, he's, I don't care. He seems boring. Whatever. Yeah. Well, guy. I mean, he seemed, <laughs> yes and no. I, like, I think ice, I think the reason there are so many ice villains is because I think ice villains are cool. That's true. Uh, it, there just are that many, you know? So it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. So. It's it, funny. It's like, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's introduced himself as Blizzard, which tells you everything you need to know about him. Spider-Man <laughs> still attempts to use his webbing, and Blizzard stops them immediately, freezes them in midair, and then goes on the offensive, ultimately freezing Spider-Man to a wall by his arms, uh, or his wrists, I guess. So then Blizzard tells Spider-Man that Hammerhead always forgot his name, but no one will ever forget him again, now that he is Blizzard. <laughs> no one could ever forget that name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, so we get a little bit more of that reminder of, like, we might not know this guy's story, but we understand his motivation. You know, he's tired of yeah. being forgotten, he's tired of being low man on the totem pole, and he comes into power unexpectedly, and it goes real bad. Yeah, so, um, to Spidey's surprise, Harry arrives. Uh, <laughs> so Harry's there now, and he's uh, demanding Blizzard return his gauntlet. Using Harry's interest as a distraction, Spider-Man, like, is able to kind of break out of his ice restraints. He does land a blow on Blizzard, uh, but Blizzard moves to attack Harry. So, in order to save Harry, Spider-Man has to take a direct hit from Blizzard, and now he is completely frozen, sands his head. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's here, I want to mention, I should have mentioned this earlier, but I just thought about it now because Harry's back. Um, this episode has Peter in a different outfit, which yep. I always love when cartoon characters are in different outfits because it's summertime. So he's in shorts and a nice free flowing shirt. Is it summertime? Is it I mean, summertime? Summer- it's during, no- heat- <laughs> during a heat wave, I meant to say. It feels like summertime. No, I know. That's not to you. That's just to the wild fucking timeline of the show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you'd think if if this is if it's been going like because theoretically they should be in like it's after Halloween. So it's like <laughs> late October. It's November. It's got to be at least November right now. You know, one of those November heat waves in New York City. Yeah, you know, sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> but anyway, Peter is is in like his, uh, yeah, he's in his heat wave clothes. Harry, during this heat wave, is still wearing a sweater and a long sleeve button up shirt and pants. Yeah. And is running around in those things and not complaining about it at all. So maybe he invented some like extremely breathable sweater material. I don't know. Well, but, I mean,. Uh, <laughs> he he does talk about, you know, uh, temperature controlled garments later in this very episode. <laughs> he does. He does, but like in the opposite way. So like, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe yeah, maybe he's wearing maybe he's wearing like thermals that make you cooler. I guess that's possible. That's uh that's what he developed originally. It was for firefighters. Oh, oh yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Well, that yeah. explains it. His sweater yeah. is just made out of that. Then. There you go. Uh, do you have a question, though, about the outfits? Is Harry's collar always popped? Is this mm-hmm. the first time I've noticed that? Okay. It is. I think it, I feel like it's drawn taller than normal in this episode, just from whatever animation team is doing it. Sure. Like, it's a little more exaggerated, so it's probably just more noticeable. I, I think the only reason I... If not, I think the only reason I noticed it is because uh, Peter's in a different outfit and Harry is not. So then I was like particularly looking at Harry's outfit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is his collar popped because he's like, le- like he un- like he's like letting loose because it's too hot out. Like this is his <laughs> way of like cooling off, is popping his collar. Like Make I was so I was absolutely like, is no this a sense. Thing? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> is this what ventilation is? <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Sure. <laughs> So Harry begins to leave Spider-Man to pursue Blizzard. 
totally not giving a shit that Spider-Man has been completely frozen, which makes sense given his attitude towards Spider-Man. Obviously, though, Spider-Man's like, wait, no, 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 no. Please don't chase the supervillain guy. And he even says, like, I'm better equipped to do this, which is sort of our first bit of the hairy side of what Macklin is going through because Macklin feels like a regular guy and Harry is now being told like hey you're just a guy and I'm a superhero so let me do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. Harry doesn't love it but Harry does recognize Harry's still a smart guy right so he recognizes like okay at the very least like I should probably work with Spider-Man and also I could kind of fuck with Spider-Man here. And he does. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so Harry uses the opportunity to poke fun at Spider-Man and revel in the fact that Spider-Man is literally frozen in a block of ice. But he does ultimately help freeing him. And he does so by using silver uh, from Hammerhead's loot, which I thought was a fun detail. I thought this was a good, not sort of uh, heavy-handed use of science. Sure. Uh, I didn't know this, and I thought it was really interesting. I, apparently, silver has the highest uh, thermal conduction rate of any element. Seems hard to believe, but I don't know why they would lie to us. <laughs> according to this show, and I, probably according to whatever they Googled when they were writing the episode. Yeah, sure. I guess. I don't, so, I, I, I'm pretty sure you can't just put silver no. jewelry on ice and it melts instantly, no. though. Like, that's a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that just means you can heat it up faster than anything else, right? Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm positive that that's all that means. I think it's just I think it's just like conducts heat better or whatever. Yeah. So like, uh, okay, sure, okay, guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. they didn't just gather components and build like a giant flamethrower, you know, out of out of the jewelry, which is what they would have done if like Gwen was there or something. So they had exactly. to they had to had to figure out some workaround. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. 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 It's it's creative, at least uh, it's creative, and and it's creative even in the context of the show. Yeah, yeah, something different. Yeah, so that frees Spidey. Spider-Man asks Harry if he can create a gauntlet that generates heat instead of cold, and Harry is like, "I think I could do that. I'm a smart guy." He explains that he created the gauntlet with his best friend, and is like, "I should call Peter because he'd be able to help me build the heat gauntlet." But since Spider-Man has Peter Parker's phone because he is Peter Parker, uh, it begins to ring. And uh, Harry hears the vibrate coming from Spidey's spandex. Where is he hiding that phone, by the way? I don't really. I'm just going to not think about that. And so Spidey kind of has to like play off like, no, it's just ice creates weird sounds or something. Either way, Harry is, is not suspecting this at all. He just is like, all right, whatever. So Harry leaves Peter a voicemail, but uh, Peter slips again when he acknowledges knowing about the Gauntlet's GPS device. Harry still doesn't seem to catch on because he's just like, okay, that's weird. But anyway... He gives Spidey the GPS tracker tracker, and Spider-Man flips off. Yeah, this combined with that scene from the coffee shop is what makes me feel like Harry's just going to put the pieces together. Because it's like too obvious. Yeah, it's it really, really is. Yeah. And it's not like they're trying to hide it from us. Like it's yeah. it's obvious to us. We know it's obvious. And we're sitting there sort of like in the movie theater being like, Harry, Harry, just open, just open, just open the door and you'll find what you're looking for. Yeah. Harry, just do it. <laughs> like he, and he he catches on every time something's happening. Yeah. The the only thing that's that's weird about it, or maybe is just him in denial or being distracted, is just that like he will then just move on from whatever weird thing Spidey says. Like yeah. he hears the vibrate, he hears the vibrating, he catches Spidey mentioning the GPS device, but then after Spidey's like makes some bad explanation, he's just like, 
okay, anyway, like he just doesn't think about it beyond yeah. that, I guess. Is well, and he hates Spider-Man. So like, yeah, yeah. It's, he's not going to want Spider-Man to be his best friend. <laughs> That's a good point. So there's definitely a denial thing happening there in his head for sure. Which we know he's good at. He's very good at it. And also Spidey annoys him too. So he probably, whenever Spider-Man's talking, he's just like, actually, never mind. Just shut up. I don't want to yeah. hear anything you have to say anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Spider-Man ends up finding Blizzard with this GPS device. And he once again kicks him mid-monologue, which Blizzard even comments on. He's like, is this like a thing you do? You just (laughs) kick people mid-sentence? And I was sitting at home being like, yes, we've clocked this long ago. Yep. That he Since just episode drop kicks one, people in the middle of things. Literally episode <laughs> one of our entire podcast. <laughs> yep. Spider-Man, stop swooping in and kicking people. <laughs> I would like to think that the writers of the show uh, see what we see. Yeah. <laughs> so the two do begin to clash, and Blizzard shows off that his ability with the gauntlet is greatly increasing, and his precision is greatly increasing. He uses it in so many ways that uh, should be very concerning to Peter and Harry as the creators of this gauntlet. But it's cool. Like, the sequences are cool, and the things that he can do with it are cool. I I just think ice villains are cool. <laughs> yeah, no, ice villains are totally cool, yeah. I mean, he's pre- he's a really major threat in this episode. Like, he basically freezes, like, the entire city. Yeah, <laughs> and, An- like, another it's... reason why I thought it was going to be a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he he so one of the things that Blizzard can do that he does m- multiple times in this episode as opposed to just some of the sort of like gimmicky cool stuff that he does is he he starts to unleash this snowstorm just around himself. He basically can create almost like almost like a snow globish storm that just builds outward from himself. And he does this because he's hoping to freeze Spider-Man again. He even says, like, there's nothing you can do to me. You can't touch me. You can't even get near me. So he does this, but Spider-Man's not the only one around. There are a few nearby children that this endangers. And so Spider-Man is presented with the age-old, do I save the civilians or do I stop the villain? And obviously he's going to save the children. So he saves the children and Blizzard uh, frozones away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So uh, realizing he needs to insulate his suit to stand a chance against Blizzard and all the all the cold that's around him, he, he's uh, and also seeing that Horizon is frozen over. Which pause for a second that did mm-hmm. clue me in to thinking a potential problem. I I hate that we'll have to track it, but I think we will. Is Uh-oh. like Miles just became Spider Man, and that's yeah. not mentioned. And this is a citywide threat, and yeah. it's like I I. I what I, I appreciate the sort of very narrow scope of this episode. Like it's a lot of big things happening, but it's very heavily focused on Peter and Harry, which is good because we need those episodes sometimes where all the other stuff isn't kind of getting in the way of that. But then if you don't even mention the other Spider-Man that's in the city and the other two like major science people that like would would be obviously wanting to help solve this problem too you don't even mention them like that's something that i worry could become a problem with this show as you get more and more spider people involved oh i think it i i fully believe it will become a problem just based on the way that they've treated characters to this point Uh even when they're not spider people you know like they're just characters that just don't exist at all in certain episodes and i'm sure it's for production reasons but they just disappear and it's, yeah. you know, we, we've noted it when it happens and it's it's annoying when it happens, but it's also just, it's quote, just characters, right? But I think, yeah, now that Miles is Spider-Man, it's a little harder to ignore. They can, they can, 
do the cute thing that they do sometimes in this show where they're like, oh, well, the Avengers are off planet or they're yeah. they're off on the other side of the world or whatever. You know what I mean? But you can't do that with Miles. So right. once he's there, I just I think it's a really um, it's really dangerous to introduce him if you're not prepared to include him in pretty much every episode or at least acknowledge him in every episode yeah like i i appreciate the struggle of like because that's that's the age-old problem of like why doesn't superman just solve all of the go to gotham and solve all those problems and it's like well you know because you want the story to have some stakes and stuff like not every you know it, it i i understand that like that's just an, the thing you have to forgive when you're in a big world but a, they literally just introduced Miles. Yeah, they and chose B, to introduce him when they did. Right. They could have had this episode and many episodes before they introduced him if they wanted to. And then also, like, I again, I would be happy, happy to uh, just accept any silly excuse. Like, Miles is out of town visiting his grandmother. Okay, fine. Sure. Like, yeah. he doesn't have to be there. It's just the not even bothering to mention them, which is pro- which is a strategy I could see because it's like, well, if you we don't mention them, then no one's going to question it. But it's like, mm, we're going to question it because he just became Spider-Man. I imagine it's more like a, if we don't mention them, we can't mess it up. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, you can sure. ask all day long, but we can't trip over our own explanation if we don't have an explanation. It's like that meme where the guy's pointing to his head, right? Like, can't mess up the excuse if I don't give you an excuse. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's but like, it, no, I'd rather like, you just – even if the excuse is silly, even if the that's excuse what I was is gonna basic. Say. Just, yeah. just a- any excuse, one line is better than nothing, so at least we know that you haven't forgotten that. Or, again, we brought this up before. Like, the guy sort of in charge of all this is a comedy guy or comes from comedy at least – you could do and this show hasn't hasn't completely avoided cutaway humor like it doesn't do a ton of it but it's done it before and so you could just cut away to Horizon High being completely frozen over and have all the characters that were wondering about banging their hands on the window and not succeeding like yeah i don't know like <laughs> would it be fully satisfying no but would it be something and could i move on yeah 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 <laughs> and it could probably be funny too yeah absolutely yeah it's going to it's it's going to it's going to come up it's going to come yeah. up a lot probably unfortunately yeah no i <laughs> think I, long seasons <laughs> yeah i think it's already come up it's just less notable because they haven't been superheroes yeah yeah because we've had major characters that have been missing for a while i mean when was the last time we saw max yeah good point so uh, but yeah as i was saying the the reason that horizon was brought up is because he can't go to horizon because it's frozen over and the only reason he was thinking to go to horizon is because he needs to find somewhere he can insulate his suit and he needs cool technology to do that so he's like all right other option visit harry at oz academy and maybe i can find a way to improve my suit there so he goes there harry actually does happen to like you mentioned earlier uh does happen to have an insulated suit he already developed uh, and Peter's like, I, I just could use some long johns for the cold air. And Harry's like, I have super science long johns for you. <laughs> he explains that the suit was developed using chemicals that uh, simulated the extreme heat firefighters would endure. And uh, so that, that's perfect. So uh, Peter kind of um, uses the chemicals, like sneaks some of the chemicals that Harry was referring to uh, into his backpack so he could also modify his webbing. So now he's going to be decked out in thermals and he's going to have like heat webbing at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool tech Spidey. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter then asks about how the new gauntlet is coming along because that's what Harry was working on and probably the reason that Harry was like, not really paying any attention to Peter or asking any questions. Yeah. (laughs) And so Harry demonstrates what he's been working on, which is not, in fact, a gauntlet, but a fire sword. (laughs) Sure, bud. 
he loves his swords. This is like it's like the second or third time he's like used a sword or done something sword like or whatever in the show. Carries a sword guy. Okay, I'm fine with it. I don't mind it. I just think it's funny that he's just like. Yeah, that, he's just going full bore into it. Like I'm just gonna use my swords. He's a he's a rich kid who can afford swords, and he's a smart kid who can build swords. So hey, he's yeah. gonna have swords. <laughs> when I saw it, though, I, what's funny is like before Peter reacts to it, and Harry busts out his flame sword. I was like, that's fucking cool. And then Peter's like, whoa, buddy, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. wait, but why? It's cool. <laughs> yeah, but Peter. And I, I don't know that this is a strong explanation, but I get it. Yeah. Um, Peter is alarmed at the flame sword because to him, the clear intention of the sword is to be a weapon. Whereas right. the intention with the gauntlet was to be a tool for good or helping to improve a process that isn't efficient enough. Right. So as much fun as we made of the fact that it's a gauntlet... In this universe, <laughs> we're to understand that they <laughs> never, ever considered the weaponized potential of the gauntlet. But Harry does mention, like, look, I might have made a weapon, but I made a weapon because Macklin turned our thing into a weapon. So I want to yeah. fight that weapon with a weapon. That makes sense. Uh, but Peter doesn't see it that way. Peter does see a very clear difference between what they intended to do with the gauntlet versus what Harry intends to do with the sword. And and to a degree, I do understand it, right? If you create a tool, it doesn't mean it can't be abused. But if you create a tool that is specifically meant to be violent, that's different than using something the wrong way in a violent manner. So, yeah. like, I do get it. <laughs> it's just funny because it's so qu- the gauntlet is so quickly and obviously turned into a weapon that in this case, it's like, <laughs> it's that and also the context of like if they were just designing the stuff in general and nothing was happening outside like in the outside world at the same time yeah. and Harry just made a flame sword I could see Peter just being like what totally but he's doing it to fight a supervillain so like a flame sword does make more sense I get what they're doing and I like in in theory I like what they're doing with that with that yeah very particular schism because it is a case where like you can side with both Peter and Harry at the same time. And both of them have good intentions. It's just Peter is sort of like viewing it's this show's whole like kind of thesis in like how people use science and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like how they, the choices that they make, you know, based on, on, on the situations that they're in. So like, and how they I rise think to all... challenges. This whole episode is all about how two characters are rising to their challenge. And this is like yeah. a small example of it. So all of that does work. It is. It just feels silly when pe- when it's like it's it's in a situation that's so dire when like yeah. the entire city is being frozen over by a supervillain. Yeah, you do need weapons to fight the supervillain. Peter is making flame webbing. You're not going to do anything with that other than use it as a weapon. So like, I, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little silly. It's a lesson that I appreciate. In general, and it's a lesson that I appreciate being presented in the way that it is in a show aimed at children, because I do think there's an important distinction between what they're doing. And I think Peter has a really good point, but this is a superhero show. And a lot of the lessons that you apply to real life, they just apply differently in a superhero context. It is a fictional universe, and we understand it to be that. So it's like not everything holds up as well. (laughs) Now, that's all that said. 
this is a rat brain rationalization thing. I don't think the show is intentionally doing it, but mm-hmm. accidentally, I think, I think there's a way I, I, I feel slightly better about it because like, I think from Peter's point of view, it isn't just, he is voicing all the science philosophy stuff, but it is also Peter saying this to his best friend that he cares about and doesn't want to be thrust into his superhero danger life yeah. and they do have a nice little funny bit where harry's showing off his flame sword and then like almost accidentally drops it yep. it has to like it has to catch it so it's like oh you aren't ready for like i don't want you to be a superhero i don't want yeah. you to run in with your flame sword because i think he also knows that harry would want to use that flame sword by himself harry yeah. would have no intention of giving it to spider-man no. and he doesn't want his friend to charge into battle with a flame sword it's just that like all he vocalizes is the science philosophy not harry this is too dangerous don't do this with your flame sword that you just built it might not be it might not be specifically what they intended from the perspective of Peter and what he's saying, but I do think it is specifically intentional from the perspective of Harry and what he's hearing based on what we get as sort of the end point of Harry's journey in this particular episode. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. and, and, and Peter even acknowledges that in the next scene where he basically says, like, I hate to have discouraged Harry like that. Like, even Peter knows what he's doing to Harry. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So it's it's maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. It's probably more, it's I think it's more intentional than than I was sort of thinking it was just because, you know, Peter's lines don't don't voice all of that. But it's there uh, mm-hmm. in, in the scene and in the scenes that follow it. So it's yeah. yeah, there's a little there's more layers than I than I think I was giving it credit for, actually. And we get into the thickness of it with the next piece of interaction. they have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Well, like, basically, Harry compares Peter to Norman, like, because of this, because Peter's saying, like, no, you can't do that. Like, I I don't care how cool it is. Like, that's a weapon. You made a weapon. And he even says, like, as the co-creator of this technology, I can't allow you to use it that way. And so Harry's like, you're just like my dad. And, and, And neither one of you wants me to use the things that I'm creating. I'm creating really cool stuff, and none of you want me to use it. And I think, you know, we we have been feeling the build of Harry Osborn potentially Goblin this whole season, right? But mm-hmm. I think we're beginning to see very clearly at least one path that it could take to get him to that point. Because, like, I know we've been tracking the friction between Harry and Peter and Harry and Spider-Man, but that alone does not a Goblin make. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. But I think this offers a bit more clarity on a potential uh, route to a, a hairy goblin. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's significant because Harry, to this point, really hasn't been good at voicing his frustrations with people. Mm-hmm. He just internalizes it or he denies it or whatever the case may be. So the fact that he's even doing this after the, what was it? The Yeah, again, the, the werewolf episode where he's voicing to Spider-Man of all people, his frustration with his best friend, like things are as good as it is for him to be talking these things out. I think in context, it's signifying that these things are starting to seep out (laughs) Mm -hmm. as opposed to him just sort of like recognizing that conversation is healthy. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see if that, if that's actually where it ends up going, but this feels like a significant episode in that regard. It definitely is. I mean, that, and that is something they've been very consistent with with him, too, is is this idea that everyone is constantly keeping him from, like, realizing the potential that he's trying to – that he's striving to achieve or something yeah. like that and then not being able to really 
like confronted at all or voices feelings about that. And it's yeah. like, this is the episode where it kind of interestingly comes to a head and it's unclear if he really learns a lesson from the events of it or not necessarily. Right. Yeah. Um, or if he's learning the right lesson or not, we'll, we'll get to that in the end. But I think it's, I think they do a nice job of sort of like feeling like they're moving his arc along without him, like reaching any kind of an actual end point with it or anything. So I agree. yeah, the, the, the other thing that was interesting about the scene too, is like the kind of weird like shadow work that they do with the flame sword in it because the entire room is really dark. Yeah, a lot of lighting stuff that's unique to this episode. Yeah, it's and it's it's like it looks weird, and I think it only looks weird because the show uses like almost no shading at all. So when yeah. there is shading, it's like what what's happening here? Um, but I think it's really effective in this particular scene, weird as it is, because it gives it like a really particular ambiance that's kind of creepy and like feels a little more like. Not quite sinister, but just sort of like like tense and a little more uneasy. Yeah, you know, tense is exactly the word I would use because I feel yeah. like they didn't have they didn't have to do that in this scene. As as much as it makes sense from a lighting standpoint, they don't have to do that, right? But but what it does is it makes their conversation and the cuts to each one of them as they're having this otherwise like relatively tame argument. It adds gravity and it like casts shadows on their faces and it like. It makes the argument they're having more significant, I think, than it would have been without the lighting, which sounds weird, but I think it's supposed to be a visual cue for us to take this particular argument very seriously. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I mean, because, again, the show doesn't really use a lot of a lot of like com- complex lighting or anything like it doesn't really use shading or anything at all. Mm-hmm. So when it that means when it does, it's like stands out a lot even when they're not doing anything particularly spectacular it's just adding shadows to it but just by doing that it's like this is different something yeah. about this is, is feels different yeah i would be shocked if this was just one person's idea of being like wouldn't it be cute if we lit this scene by the flame sword like <laughs> right. i don't think so i don't think so right i think this is supposed to be a crap because it's a lot of extra work <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so peter gets a little notification on his phone and he sees the storm is worsening uh so he kind of it uses that as a as a reason to dip out, set off once again to confront Blizzard as Spider-Man. That that weather notification. Can you imagine the migraines people would be experiencing by going from a heat wave to twenty eight oh. degrees? Like everyone's yeah. heads would explode. <laughs> oh God! I mean, Virginia weather not that far off, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's oof. Can't <laughs> like, that's, like it. <laughs> that's like a seventy degree drop. Like you know, like if in in, in Cleveland, if we're going to talk about a heat wave, like we're talking a hundred degrees. So for it to drop like that, that's like a seven. That's 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 bonkers. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's we're just a lot. all imploding. I would just go to bed and mm-hmm. just be like, we're just going to let this be over later. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just stay in my tub and just adjust the temperature of the water as the weather changes. Oh, God, that sounds beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, sleep is for the tortoises. I'm going to go in my bathtub. I yeah, like that. Yeah, I exactly. Like that. Stay in the bath. Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our Spectacular Enough patrons, Katie, Mike, Eric, Carl, and Lillian. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Kraven's Last Hunt. 
sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like peeks behind the curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. Okay, so while we're in the bathtub, Spider-Man is busy fighting Blizzard. So uh, elsewhere, the police find Blizzard, who tries uh, tries out a few quips and then freezes them. Uh, Spidey arrives and kicks Blizzard a third time. So rule of threes. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Blizzard yeah. wasn't actually talking. Did you notice no. that? Is that part yeah. of the joke? I don't know. Maybe. If it, if it was, it's not. It's too subtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> I know. He should have been talking. Yeah, so Blizzard expresses confusion over Spider-Man's ability to endure all of his cold, and Spidey's like, oh, I got new toys. And he demonstrates his thermal webbing, uh, frees the cops by by melting it. He spells out his name. I with, love that. <laughs> with, the, with his flame webbing. So stupid. Cute. It's very stupid. I love a <laughs> peeing in the snow joke. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So, naturally, Spider-Man and Blizzard clash once again, and Blizzard shows off yet another new trick. It's actually quite a few. He uses Ice Shuriken in this, and that's cool. Actually, that's cool. he uses Ice Shuriken in this, and they do, like, a throwback to Spider-Man 1 where he, like, does the slow-motion dive through the, um, the like, bat uh, bl- throwing star thing or whatever those things are, the oh, blades. God, Razor, aren't they called like razor, razor bats or something like that? I have that. no idea what they're actually like called, but there was you know, a, I used to know the name, I forgot what they're yeah. called. Yeah, so that was cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a mistake. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they even slow it down and everything. But the big trick <laughs> is that Blizzard is able to create like an ice golem mech sure. around himself. Sure, buddy. See, sure. this is again, this is why I was like, this has to be bigger because. Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So for now, you just need to know that Blizzard has an ice golem mech. I uh, guess so. That he sort of like floats in. That took me a little off guard. <laughs> this has been like the span of a day and he's like mastered this shit and building complex machines out of his ice gauntlet. Well, okay. So I, right. okay, fine, fine. I'll get into it. So like th- this is really where I was like, okay, cool. Like, I I love a two-parter. We're clearly, obviously going to get a two-parter because what we have seen over the course of this episode is this rapid sort of, like, not just proficiency with a weapon, but what seemed to be obviously a connection with, like, something was happening to Macklin, not just Macklin using the weapon, right? That's kind of sure. what I was interpreting. I was like, he's able to mold the ice. He's able to, like, he's clearly not just using a tool so much as he has been changed by the tool he is using. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I interpreted the machine that he had on his hand as the catalyst to him being transformed into a supervillain in the way that 
the sand experiment pit thing is to Sandman or the Hydro Man radiation explosion underwater was, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was sitting here thinking like, oh, so the first episode is going to be this weird sort of origin story but also a story type thing. Like there's a story going on, but it's also his origin story kind of. And then he sort of gradually, like you said, his appearance changes a little bit where he's like growing ice out of parts of his body. So then I was like, okay, I don't know Blizzard as a character. This is part of the reason I only sort of looked a little bit because I assumed there was like a big thing that was about to happen. And I figured like, okay, episode two is going to be him like fully transformed the city is, you know, covered and they're going to there's going to be some huge thing that happens in episode 13 that's that's going to be monumental and that's how they save the city, right? Like citywide catastrophe. Sure. No, that's not at all what happens. No. <laughs> like Mm-mm. there is absolutely no explanation for uh not that there needs to be like a huge explanation. It, a, a small explanation goes a long way in a superhero property. Yeah. Um as to how he's able to float inside the cockpit of his ice golem. And why he's transforming, and spoiler alert, why he immediately untransforms the moment he no longer has the gauntlet. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, like, it's a lot of those things that kind of in a vacuum are, like, objectively cool. Like, building an ice golem mecha thing. Super cool. Cool as shit. (laughs) It's just. Ice shuriken? Way cool. It just feels out of place. It feels out of place for what they're doing because the whole point. I mean, I don't know. Like maybe I guess I guess like there's there maybe they're tr- they were trying to go like really extreme with this idea of like low level nobody becomes like one of the most powerful supervillains and like I can sort of see that idea being like okay he starts as like a regular dude he gets ice powers but he doesn't just get ice powers he gets like ridiculous ice ice powers and like I sort of like that idea in theory but like it just comes kind of out of nowhere and like isn't gradual enough and then yeah when you see the representation of like his body transforming and there's the implication of a body horror thing happening that just goes no absolutely it's not far nowhere enough. if, if it's- yeah. If it's going to be corrupted by power, show us his body corrupted. Yeah. Give us the Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2 transformation, you know? Yeah, it's Like, this is strange. irreversible corruption that this guy is experiencing. He's lost control. He's no longer Macklin. Like, that's that to me. And, and it's, I'm conflicted because I actually do really like the theme of this episode. I think in comparison yeah. to some of the episodes that we've covered to this point, there is actually a very, very strong theme here. Yeah, It's just yeah. frustrating because I feel like the theme is so strong without enough of the sort of like visual cues to really support it, which is weird. So like they somehow got the theme loud and clear without necessarily – like weighing what we're seeing with our eyeballs enough to match it. <laughs> yeah. Strange. It's really strange. It is. So yeah. I ultimately end up liking the episode, but just am like end up craving more, which I guess is better than like being like, please don't give me any more of this. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's a weird feeling to walk away with. And this is sort of where it really, it really becomes a problem for me with the ice golem as cool as the ice golem is no is. problems with ice golem mech <laughs> it's a weird like half measure kind of thing because i feel like they want full measure with the ice golem but half measure with everything else so like yeah so it's like oh you went as far as you could to the other end of the spectrum with a couple of things but like not enough with the entire story and the entire character of this guy that so character i think that's what it is the powers get to the max but the character doesn't yeah, like, why yeah. are his powers going full on like Phoenix mode? Yeah, but but we're not getting Phoenix mode, you know? 
yeah, it's bizarre. But so, I mean, it anyway, is cool that he's fighting an ice golem. That, I like, do I fucking love the ice about, golem. I can't complain about that, like, right. in and of itself. And this <laughs> so, is the second time in 12 episodes we've gotten, like, a mech fight in the middle of the street. So, like, wild. I'll take what it. What a show. What a show. <laughs> I will take it. So, anyway, there is an ice golem now. A huge, like, six-story tall ice golem with... Uh, I keep wanting to call him Burt Macklin, which I think is uh, the FBI Park. agent Halloween costume. Yeah. Yep. Um, Randy Macklin. <laughs> we got Macklin floating in an ice golem. Spider-Man tries to just avoid attacks because he's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Like, so he's just <laughs> dodging attacks from the ice golem. And freaking Harry shows up in one of his thermal suits wielding the fire sword. And That's I was cool. like, Oh, okay, okay, yeah. here we go. And I actually think what happens is more satisfying than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Because Harry, like, attempts to lunge at Blizzard and the Ice Golem with his sword, like, full-on lunge, like, war cry and everything, and he just gets flicked away and knocked out. It's really funny. And at first I was like, oh. It's sad, but it's funny. But I think I think because it's sad and because of what this the theme of this episode actually is and because of what we suspect is building, it's kind of perfect. It is. And and I think it's it's I don't think it's lo- it would be lost on anyone that like, you know, his between the fire sword and like the the kind of lights on his thermal suit, like it's all a, a yellow aesthetic. So it's like, oh, a hobgoblin thing is what you're going for, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what it's trying to evoke. So it's like, is this going to be his big moment or something like that? This is like the first time he comes out as a superhero slash supervillain or something. And it's like, no, no, it's just shut down. Yep. Just shut down. He doesn't yep. get to do anything. <laughs> yep. Nothing. Nothing. Which is devastating, but that's the point. And it's so oh, yeah. good. Uh, so anyway, Spider-Man carries Harry to safety and then uses the sword in a very cool way. I mean, this this me saying this one sentence doesn't actually do justice to how cool the sequence is, but he uses the sword to basically dismantle the ice golem and damage the cryogenic gauntlet. He like cuts off one of the golem's legs. He like slices open the weird dome thing that Macklin is fly like floating in. Sure. Um, it's it's I think it's a cool sequence. It's, it's really it's, cool. It's almost strange for a Spider-Man show because he's just, like, lunging around with a sword. But (laughs) I'm fine with, like, you know, occasional uh, dips into, like, weirdness for Spider-Man. So I'm here for Spider-Man with sword in this episode. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) And I think even, like, even just the way that they animated and boarded this and even, like, chose to even just score it. Like, it's obviously meant to feel different. So (laughs) I think they know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. They were it's having nice. they were having fun with it because it's yeah. a nice it's a nicely little animated action sequence too. Yeah, I will say Spider Man says this one thing that I just want your thoughts on uh-huh. because I don't know entirely what to do with it because I think the theme of the episode is really strong and I don't know if this really fits it as well as they think it did. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I can be convinced because Spider Man yeah. says. Funny how when you put a lot of pressure on carbon, it becomes a diamond. But when you put a lot of pressure on a regular person, some of them just crack. And I don't know that I walk away feeling as good about that as I do Peter and Harry's conversation at the end of the episode. Like, this quote doesn't make me feel good as a regular person, even though he's saying (laughs) some of them just crack. Like, I get that they made that distinction, but we're all regular people. And so our analog, because of this quote, is Macklin the bad guy. Even though we're typically supposed to relate to Peter Parker, the superhero. Like, it's, it's kind of, I think it's a weird quote, and I don't think it uh-huh. hits the way they think it does. 
no, I don't really understand what they were going for with it because I know they're making the diamond connection because there's a diamond. But like other than that, it's just like it kind of feels like it goes against the point of the episode because the point of the episode. Well, hmm. Well, okay. if you had clarified that, like if it had more to do with Macklin gaining power so quickly and so enormously that that's why he cracked versus the time that it takes to develop that or use it responsibly, therefore becoming a diamond, maybe you could have played it like that. But even then, I don't know that that's entirely the point of the episode either. The The weird thing about it is that I actually think that it, what it makes me feel like is that the, the sort of theme of the episode, or at least Spider-Man's perspective on the events or that like, regular people just shouldn't do try to try to do special shit because the two characters that are regular people who are trying to be something special both like fail catastrophically like either go insane as a supervillain or or like harry and just like get flicked away and fail and that's kind of what he's saying with that quote is that it's just like yeah i mean (laughs) when 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 you're in extreme circumstances and you're just and you're not special like i am you're just gonna fuck up like that's what it comes off as it's really weird I, like, I, I think like some of that's there without the quote but I don't think it's as bothersome without the quote you know what I mean yeah. because I think if you don't have the quote you don't draw as much attention to it and it feels like it informs the characters and the cast and the environment and the theme as opposed to like a bow which I feel like you're supposed to pay yeah. attention to and decide is the lesson as opposed to just informing things moving forward because I think it's okay If Macklin, a regular person, ends up being corrupted by this incredible amount of power, because that's part of the theme of the whole show. I mean, that's something we they noted and we noted early, early, early on is like, okay, this show is probably going to explore how people become either heroes or villains based on how they react to the circumstances that give them power or or change who they are. Right. So that it would have fit in just fine. And I think it's also fine for Harry to fail based on the journey we've been seeing Harry take the whole time. Yeah. But a bow on an episode draws a lot of attention to 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 itself. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. And this bow is weird. And I think it's weird too because there's another bow that makes way more sense. So like why is this quote even here? I don't I fully don't get it other than what you pointed out, which is like it brings it back to the diamond. The diamond was never that important. Yeah. So weird, weird quote. Totally could have cut it out and it would have greatly improved the episode i would argue it would have it it puts an entire (laughs) negative spin on everything that was happening in a way that i don't that is not uplifting and i think is not meant to be what we're taking away from it but i mean if that's like it makes it makes spider-man just sound like kind of a jerk by saying it where it's just like you you normies (laughs) you can't handle anything can (laughs) you right and and what honestly what what should have happened is that Peter having discouraged Harry and Spider-Man having discouraged Harry should have walked away from the episode admiring Harry for wanting to do what he did and trying Yeah, and seeing, okay, I understand Harry more now, so I'm going to be more careful about how I tackle that desire and try to foster it or mentor it, right? Like that's what could have been taken away from it where he still wants to protect Harry and so he's, he's not going to say do whatever you want, go for it. But he gets Harry more. Like, it could have just been, like, a relationship-building type of thing. And that's what would have made Harry failing just fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's he weird. didn't fail because he's just, like, a normie. 
exactly. <laughs> it's really strange. Very, very it, weird. Hate it that feels quote like really so like Randy and objectivist. Like the more you think about that quote, it's like gross, it's really bizarre. Right? <laughs> it's, it's really, really gross. gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. I really hate it. So uh, <laughs> it could, it could go Disney plus yeah. go ahead and make the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Well, it, it gets it gets like completely like negated in the next couple scenes anyway. Thank so, God. I'm the glad it didn't end there. I'm serious. Oh God, that would be horrible. <laughs> uh, it's just like you're not special. Don't even try. Yeah. Bye. End credits. <laughs> Um, the next day at the coffee shop, Harry explains that his ego is hurt. Of course, of course it is. He's, I mean, he's all also like bandaged up from being physically hurt, but mm-hmm. his ego is the thing that's really in pain. Tiwana wonders why no one seems to appreciate his inventions and kind of admits like, I wanted to have a moment like Peter, like you, Peter did when you got to stop Macklin earlier that morning and be a, be a, be a hero. Peter is like, that was purely chance. Like I literally just ran into him. It wasn't a big deal. But with more inventions, Harry's chances to help people with his intelligence would increase. So, like, he actually could continue to improve himself by continuing to try rather than just be in a being in a chance situation like Peter was. Yeah. Yeah. Increase your chances. You know, like if 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 so much is left to chance, just increase your chances, you know? Yeah. And it'll happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. Which I think makes some sense, right? He's not telling him not to invent things, but he's also implying, like, not every invention you make is going to be the one. In fact, most of them probably won't be. But if you just stop, then your chances go to zero. Yeah. Well, the episode ends. I thought that's where the episode was going to end, but it's not. (laughs) The episode ends with Peter attempting to return the diamond, only to discover that it is a fake. It is cubic zirconium, which is... Kind of hilarious because the guy at the at the jewelry shop is like, you think we would keep a diamond that big just like out? <laughs> and then I was sitting there like, oh, yeah, like, it makes sense. you wouldn't. <laughs> so given this information, Peter asks if he can keep it. And the shop attendant asks what he wants with just an ordinary piece of glass. And Peter responds, hey, don't underestimate ordinary. Under the right circumstances, it can do extraordinary things. Boom. There's your bow. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it's know? like it's like true for everything that happened, but it's also still like a positive spin. Like it's not saying that it's good or bad. It's right. just like anybody can be extraordinary. You can use it to be a supervillain, but you can also d- use it yeah. to do really incredible things. You know, exactly. Hammerhead like underestimates Macklin. Macklin does extraordinary things. Spider-Man, I mean, it's a little more complicated with Peter and Harry because they're far longer standing characters. But Spider-Man and Peter discourage or underestimate Harry's ability to help in the way that Harry thinks he can. And instead of like tweaking that or working with that, he just sort of shuts it down. And, and that doesn't help because we believe that Harry will also go on to do extraordinary things. (laughs) And it fits with just the general superhero idea. Right. And Peter Parker being uh, a sort of analog for ordinary folks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So much better than whatever that weird crack diamond carbon bullshit Awful. was. Awful. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't like uh, – because that's the last line. That's like the last – that's like the bow in the episode. But then we also get Spider-Man swinging around. Like it's so hot out. So I'm going to wear half my Spider-Man costume and half of it just be in shorts. Which I look, I don't like the look of that. I, something about oh. that just doesn't work for I me. I mean, at I all. don't like the look of it, but I cackled because it's so fucking stupid. But it's, it's so like stupid. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> there, <laughs> I guess to me, so. there's something funny about like 
half civilian, half not, right? Like, sure. like the Peter B. Parker wearing sweatpants over his suit because it doesn't, like, fit right. Or, like, uh, or even just, like, the stupid, like, mask plus civilian clothes. Like, it just cracks me up. But that's just, I mean, it's just, like, personal, personal, sure. uh, <laughs> personally tickled by those situations. I will say, though, I really like Peter's outfit in this episode. I, I like too. that he kind of has, like, almost, like, um, they're not even quite. It's weird to even call them shorts, but it's also weird to call them capris. They're like they're fitted shorts that go below the knee, but only just barely. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, but but they're also like cuffed. Like, there's something I don't know. There's something uh, cool about his outfit yeah. that I wouldn't have expected Peter Parker to have. It's a really stylish outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it. Just not with uh, Spider-Man top. No, please no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, a uh, couple couple faces of the episode that are all related to one another, um, and it really, really all just boils down to Harry Osborn being hilarious, uh, teasing Spider-Man while he's frozen. Just so many faces, so many aloof moments, so many just like, I've got you exactly where I want you faces, and they're all golden, or I guess in this case, silver. Yeah, they actually are. Also, they're a lot. <laughs> is Harry's hair always this high? Look at his hair in this first picture. It's so high. It's very Jean Ralphio. That's why I think this maybe it's just this particular animation team on it. I think just ex- exaggerate stuff just slightly because I think his hair is a little bit like his hair is always tall. It is always sure. tall. Well, like in the last it picture, feel, it feels normal. It does feel slightly taller than normal, and his collar is like is is definitely like taller than normal i think it just i think they just exaggerate some of the uh yeah some of the it's pieces of him in this episode a little more than usual yeah but that's all it is so many faces so yeah. many so many faces he was being such a turd and i loved it it's so fun it's so fun we'll put them all on our social media and patreon and website as usual yeah. so you can see them all there well, i think we we probably largely covered a lot of our feelings but probably uh probably not in a very concise way so (laughs) just to i guess um kind of sum it up i feel like generally speaking i do like this episode but i think i like it mostly because i enjoy the themes and i enjoy where i think this episode fits in the overall journey of peter and harry Mm -hmm. um and i like the cool ice shit I just don't think they connected as well as they should have, given that they did fit naturally together. Like, they just didn't click the pieces into place the right way. Mm-hmm. So I like all the pieces and the parts, um, but I just feel like it wasn't constructed quite properly, if that makes sense. I agree with all of that, everything you said. Cool. Um, the only things I would add would be, from a broader standpoint, I think I am interested in this show doing more episodes like this maybe as it goes along considering the cast is so sprawling i like how how small the cast of this episode is so you can get so much heavy focus on just this one relationship with between peter and harry and i know that we complained about like miles and and the rest of the horizon gang just not being there and not mentioned but as long as they can like find ways to like categorize it where it's sort of like this is an episode that's just peter and anya and it makes sense because they're in an environment where they can't contact anyone else or or everyone else is busy or something i would like them to do episodes like that where they can sort of spot like different characters by just having a small cast in there because i think that's a nice way to 
to deal with having such a big cast and not having every single person or storyline appear in it, you know? Yeah, the scope just needs to match it, right? The scope of yeah. this does the scope of the conflict, like the superhero conflict, doesn't match this being about basically two characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the problem with it. I like it that it's a Harry, Harry and Peter story. I don't like that it's a Harry and Peter story where the entire city is at stake and no one else <laughs> seems to bother to do anything about it with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's a fine episode um, thematically. I didn't get into it that much because we had a lot of more interesting discussions, but I do think that there was something – this episode did feel paced a little bit more slow than normal, and there's like the the scene with Harry and, and, and Spidey in the ice and also even the fire sword scene like before they have the really tense discussion there's a lot more moments where it just feels like there's just like silence where they're just sort of like care walking around and doing stuff and no one's talking and the music is very quiet which is okay it's not a bad thing it just seems it seemed odd for this show like it just seemed like a quieter episode in some places and a slower episode in some places than normal and i don't really know why that was or if that was just me picking up on something that maybe wasn't actually there no um, i think just, i think yeah. you have a valid point in that there or not a valid point i think it's a, 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 a strong observation i guess is what i'm saying is like i think you're you're right in pointing out that those particular scenes felt slower or paced more intentionally with those pauses and timing and stuff like that yeah i think for me the problem is it's in an episode where you've introduced a brand new villain with incredible powers and so yeah. it's like this is the episode you've chosen to slow down the middle. Yeah, it explains yeah. why the 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 front of the episode, like the first five minutes, are so rapid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yes. Um, I don't yeah. dislike the scenes that slow down. I think they're done really, really well. Um, yeah, but I, it it just seems like yeah, it seems like the the overarching conflict just uh, and and the sort of character stuff like just they're both good. They just don't match. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the big problem with it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. I like that. I I hope we see more of the moments that you identified with the pacing. I just hope that they're in better spots because I liked them. I, I do too. Yeah. I fucking love the Harry reveling in Spider-Man's pain moment. I love it it's so fun. much. Because it's kind of uncharacteristic <laughs> for this version of him because he's such a nice, sweet boy most of the time. Right. Spider-Man just, like, hits such a particular button for him that it's yep. just, like, you can see just, like, the fun, like, yeah. a fun kind of menace come out. Like, yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man even asks him, like, you're enjoying this, aren't you? And he just straight yeah. up says, I am. Yep. Yeah. I definitely am. <laughs> yeah, you little rascal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. Well, uh, if you'd like to hear more chilling takes, I really (laughs) wanted to come up with a nice transition, but I could not. It's impossible. I thought you were going to go with rascally or rascals or something. I was like, how is this going to (laughs) work? If you want to hear us rascals talk about stuff, you can find more from from us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Um, yeah, we got a lot of bonus content there. I, you heard our mid ad reel, but uh, but we've got a lot of stuff going on in addition to our like our AMAs. So if you want to learn more about us, uh, those are always really fun. People literally ask us anything. You could ask us anything, uh, and just hear about our thoughts and ideas and lives and everything. Um, in addition to talking about comic comics and other shows and everything, so check us out there. Otherwise, if you'd like to find more from the two of us, 
Where can we find you on the internet, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can find me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where my co-host Kyle and I talk about Pokemon just as we feel like it. And if you like books and games, you can find me on Novel Gaming, a podcast about books and games uh, where my friends Katie and Vicky and I share everything media-wise we've been consuming. What about you, Derek? You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media, but from a positive lens. If you'd like to hear more from the two of us, we have another podcast. It is a monthly podcast called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we're watching every Pixar film chronologically. Our episode on Ratatouille is dropping, I think, the same day as this episode is, roughly. So it's either out right now or will be out shortly, uh, available (laughs) wherever you get your podcasts. It is also available on our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com, in addition to an archive of all of our episodes and all the faces of the episodes and any other uh, links or anything that go along with them. So definitely check out our website if you want to explore our whole backlog of episodes. And you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod, or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And if you could, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify if you can rate and review there. I don't even know. Wherever, wherever you can subscribe to us, please do it. And wherever you can rate and review us, especially the major ones, uh, please do that. It helps us a lot because it helps other people find our podcast. Next week, Spidey has to solve a mystery. And it's a mystery of a new foe's identity. And if you want to know who that new foe is, it's in the episode entitled Venom. I can't wait to meet the lizard. (laughs) See you then. (laughs) Bye.